We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, for the 10th season, producer co-founder Brian Goins. 10 years, man. 10 we seasons, baby. 10? Well, 10 years technically next year. It's 10 but... years on in May. Technically 10 seasons covering, you know, because we did cover that season. So this is 10 seasons Covering the Heat, uh, someone chats asking me whether the custom hero jerseys come out. That's a Brian Goins question. Brian is our uh, merch specialist. We don't have a date yet, but the design's ready. I think it's just dealing with manufacturer issues right now. I believe um, because they are... I'll have to give a few with Casey. I don't really know the official details. All I know is that they're coming pretty soon. The, the design's done. It's just dealing with manufacturer, making sure that they're... They're ready to fulfill those orders when they come in. Congrats to Casey, uh, recently married. That too. That's also the delay. He's uh, he's getting married, so I know he's off Twitter, off social for at least last like week. Or he half, deserves two weeks. Yeah, he deserves a break. But wanna wanna start this a little self indulgently. I wanna thank our audience for the last ten years, from our first emailer in England who wanted to bump cups with us. I remember that email. Uh, to all of you in chat, to everybody who's ever worked here. Uh, who's helped us, whether that be, you know, Ethan or even, you know, Chris Axman, uh, who is part of the Almighty Baller Network. So many people have, have come in and helped us get to where we want to be. And we wouldn't be there without any of those, without the audience. And, and it's just, we're going to have a lot of celebration of the heat of ourselves, of all the great people that have come in and out of this show, the great people that have helped this show and uh and brian listen people come in projects Uh, i will i will tease two things really quickly for people who are kind of like into our old history of miami heat beat i think one for sure what i want to do is highlight a lot of the stories that we had written in the past i don't think most people remember that we were mostly a website and podcast at first we're kind of slowly bringing back the website part of it but we were heavy with the writing for a while for those first few seasons when we started 
kind of slowed down when we were starting to do daily shows with the podcasts and obviously with Twitch um, doing the live streams and everything. Um, but we do have two staff writers who are currently writing for us um, part-time uh, or maybe full-time depending on how often they post. But um, I just want to give a shout out to John Jablanca and then Kelly O'Burner. Um, his name is actually Juan, but I'll just call him Kelly Burner. Um, <laughs> uh, they're both running exceptional content. They have stories coming out this week. There's like five stories coming out for you guys this week. All extremely well-written. These guys do a great job just breaking down the game, for, especially for Heat fans, like he, there's a to me, there's not too many content creators out there who can break down the game as well as what we do. I, obviously, like there's Brady Hawk, there's Nikaias Duncan, and and others uh, more national voices like Zach Lowe, and so on and so forth. But in terms of what we have on our staff, I, I feel like we collectively have one of the best um, people breaking down Miami Heat basketball. And I just want to really highlight a lot of the work that we have done over the last ten years. So I'm going to put together something I've been working on, on and off for a few years. It's going to be a collection of stories in a magazine form. I don't know if we'll actually print it or if it'll just be a digital distribution. I'll have to see how much that cost would be. Maybe we could do a limited edition like release of prints that we can sell for you guys if you guys are interested in that. But it's going to look very nice. I, it kind of had this inspiration from these Grammarly books that... Um, from these Grantland books that I used to see um, Bill Simmons produce for some of his Grantland stories that were online. So I want to do that this season. So, I already have a lot of the designs already made, so I'm just kind of reusing some of the stuff I already used before. Um, none of you guys have seen it because it was stuff I used for college, but it will be used officially for Miami Heat Beat um, going forward. Exciting stuff all around everything we do, so be on the lookout for that. And again, thank you to everybody. But listen, we have basketball to talk about. And we have another person on the panel today. You know, Kenny just let uh, <laughs> Kenny let us be a little self-indulgent. But what's up, Kenny? Man, I moved to a new state for anybody who doesn't know. And that shit is a lot of work. But the Wi-Fi so looks I had crisp. To, yeah, man. I had Crispy. to move to a whole new state to get it done. But, yeah, um, I'm a little late. I got cut him off like a bitch. But... Did you get what you need for Walmart? That's, that's important. Did you get what you need? Kenny, we I did, finally. Can you go self-checkout or did you actually make it to the cashier? I had to, So this is what happened, right? Because Walmart is like the worst place on earth, but it's my closest grocery store. So I did curbside pickup yesterday, and I wanted a box of Cap'n Crunch real bad. But instead of bringing that, they brought me four of the biggest bags of rice i ever seen. I saw you tweet that. And like, yeah, so I had to go return that before they closed. And I got my... <laughs> I got, I got my cereal, but well, I can't eat it till we get off. Well, Kenny, I, I I was giving you an out. I wasn't letting the audience know that you were late. I, I was Brian and I were ducking for cover. Brian went on a soliloquy of. I'm not even done with my soliloquy. There's one more announcement. Oh, God damn it! We have to talk about basketball. Hurry well, up! Ten years of Miami Heat basketball. <laughs> Obviously, we have a lot of show moments. So just we're gonna fill in a lot of these next um, this whole year of our coverage. We're gonna sprinkle them a lot of bits and pieces of our history. Um, in audio bit form into some of these shows. It's going to be a lot of us, yeah. an uncomfortable amount of us. So be on the yes. lookout for that. Uh, so <laughs> Shades video. A lot of great says, show moments. Kenny wanted cool. the roof of his mouth to be torn to shreds. <laughs> it's going to, I'm, I'm, I'm about to suffer for an hour. I'm telling I you. Mean, okay. Well, all right guys. So, you know, we have a basketball season coming up and I am more excited uh, coming into this season than I had anticipated. I think, listen, there's been a lot of negativity online on the twitterverse 
on you know on NBA Heat social media. It was even released today that the players with the most negative tweets, two of the top five are Heat players, Jimmy and Bam. I don't know how Lowry skated. I'm happy. To me, that was the only headline. I was like, oh, man, Kyle didn't make it. Let's go. I mean, I must have really propped up the positive positivity ratings. But, you know, you. coming, you know, watching preseason, guys, uh, and I'll, I'll start with Brian. I, yeah. You know, they – you know, the first game was a little disappointing. They kind of looked like they were in cruise control, which is fine because it's preseason. Ever yeah. since then, they have had an edge. They're young guys, whether that be um, whether that be Jovic uh, or Kane or, or whoever, they've shown, you know, maybe some of the rotational problems that we thought might not be as bad as we maybe has anticipated. And not yeah. that we should take a ton from preseason, Brian, but... I think for sure that was absolutely positive. And the yurt bam minutes were bad, which is a big win for me because I have a $1,000 <laughs> bet with Christian uh, whether those lineups are positive by the end of the year. So for me, I'm I'm on top, baby. Did we officially announce that? We did. We, we did on a podcast. I don't remember if okay. it was a, a hangover time or a, an MHB. but Well, for those who missed it, there is a bet officially, I guess, now, a second officially, that we are doing a bet. Where Gianni, what? What do you? You just have to pay him a thousand dollars and what? Like $1, Bitcoin? $1, what? No, just, just a thousand cash. I don't have. Up I don't have a Bitcoin. <laughs> Who do you think I am? I know Chris, Christian's all into that. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> listen, I I live a humble life. <laughs> okay. Well, I think personally, like that first game. Uh, let's just like go back to what was happening at the time. So obviously the Dolphins were doing really well. I'm wearing my Dolphins hat. I mean, there were three at the time. That first Heat game was kind of like, okay, like I'll watch the game. And like when they lost and like that, the game didn't look as exciting as I was hoping for, for a preseason game I expected from the Heat. Like I can't remember, like when last season, that was the game that Caleb Martin like showed out. And I remember like watching part of that on the plane coming back from, from San Diego. And it was like, it was an amazing game that we were watching just because like that team, we wanted them to come out uh, with the new pieces with PJ and Kyle and just see something that looked like a breath of fresh air compared to how they ended that season before where they got swept in the first round. So obviously, like, to me, going into this season, I'm still bittersweet by the end, or not bittersweet, I'm just still bitter about the way that, that ending lot happened with this Game 7. Like, I can't get over that loss still. It's the worst loss for me. I still can't watch footage, like highlights or anything. Like, I can't watch Max step out of Alabama. I definitely can't watch that Jimmy shot one more time. That's for sure. Jimmy earned that shit. But yeah, I mean, I, fuck, man. But I, like, to me, I feel like this first preseason game was kind of a letdown. And then ever since, like, I, I saw something switch with this team. And I don't know if it's because of the young guys, like you're mentioning, but I feel like we're starting to see, um, you know, what this season could become without PJ in the lineup. And I think that was, like, our biggest concern going into it. It's like, how are we going to fulfill his role? And I feel like we have a good idea of what's going to happen. Kenny, I, I think Brian hit the nail on the head, man. I, I know that the PJ loss is significant. You know, I think that people are making it way bigger than it needs to be. I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys saw the 538 model had the Heat with the fourth best record in, in the in the league. Only yeah. behind the Sixers, the Celtics, 
uh, Sixers, Celtics, uh, and and yeah. Suns. And that was adjusted with preseason games too, by the way. So the mo- I mean, obviously the models aren't going to see PJ Tucker leave and be like, well, that's not that big a deal. Obviously, yeah. he he's you know he he contributes more. I mean, the models are pretty advanced. Obviously, he, he's more than 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 stats, but. But you they know, look at the lineups. That's what they're doing. Yeah, they just look, look at, lineup at the lineups and stuff like that. But you know, I don't know, Kenny. I, you know what? They made me feel good. They made me feel mm-hmm. a way that I didn't think they could make me feel in games that didn't count. Yeah, and so <laughs> I'm, I'm not the hey, I was right looking me guy. But, I am. Um, yeah. So I'm in my second season with Heat Beat. Um, I think by now people kind of should pick up on. I always sound crazy until I don't. And so when PJ left, I did say, hey, Caleb could look good at the four. He could bring some stuff that PJ couldn't. The offense can be better. Um, he's effective from more places in the corner. He can attack those closeouts. He's not as strong of a defender, but he is a very versatile defender. It could look good. And I was also high on Jovic. I didn't know he would be this good this fast. I'm going to be honest. Dog but- killer! <laughs> so I I saw the tools. I figured, hey, midseason he'll probably earn some stuff, but the stuff he showed in the preseason is just wow. And so I didn't have too many worries this offseason. Um, and now I'm excited. I'm just like, hey, let's go. Because I, I don't see any issues. Somebody, uh... Well, I think the biggest complaint from the whole fan base was that they felt like this team didn't do anything to improve this offseason. Instead, they just got worse. And I feel like we're seeing the opposite. I feel like letting PJ go might have been a good catalyst for them to, you know, start doing different stuff with that lineup. Because I feel like Spo with PJ, he was kind of hamstrung with just having him in the corner offensively. And I feel like this team's identity is going to be more offense and defense oriented. Yeah, but you you know, you know, and I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this this much this year, but you know Heat fans' idea of getting better is getting a Hall of Famer or nothing. Yeah. Um, does that does yeah, so, count? It doesn't help when you're after KD and you don't and no one gets him, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, bro. It's like they have the chase, and when they don't overpay, then everybody gets mad. Right? And it, I, I think one of the things that people liked about Riley was he would say, fuck you and hang up the phone. I mean, he famously yeah. did with Thibodeau uh with getting Jimmy in Minnesota. Yeah. He hung up the phone and said, fuck you. Call me back when you want to be serious. And Pat got his man. Pat got his man for about what he offered. It was like KO, a pick, and J. Rich. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, you know, that's what they, that that's was what they what did. It, became, it just wasn't Kelly. It was J. Uh, it was Hassan. It was Hassan, <laughs> the pick to reroute him, and Josh. Which ended up being the first round pick they would have given up anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. So, I mean, so you're still paying the cost for it. KD will be on the table <laughs> later, and then they can cross that bridge again when they come to it. But the Jovic, the Kane stuff, the Kane minutes have been. I know the Jovic minutes are what are like a lot. I don't even know what people like look at more positively, but I thought both of them were just incredible. And two guys yeah. you just slot in, Caleb. Yeah. Okay, how about the four looks good. <laughs> Absolutely. Starter. I, I said it. He's a starter. Like. The the Pelicans match was one that you look at and you say, okay, that's a place where you can see that Caleb gets exposed a little bit, where there's smaller front line. It yeah. didn't. And I think that, you know, if you play a playoff team, you know, that'll change because then, you know, you can key in on certain things and you can attack certain matchups a certain way. But for 82, I think they'll get through it. You know, maybe, maybe that's presumptuous of me to, again, say off games that don't count. But... If you can switch, if Bam and Jimmy are what they are what we think they could be defensively, and if you are so switchy 
And if you can not get absolutely murdered on the boards, which Lowry is a great rebounder because of how physical he is down low, boxing out. Jimmy, good rebounder. Bam, obviously good rebounder. Caleb, athletic. And then as long as our other guys, you know, not being Duncan Robinson, uh, you know, I love you, Duncan, but, you know, God, go box out sometimes. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, we could be cooking with some oil, guys. Yeah, that's that's so I like to look at as wide of a scope as possible. That's nothing. That's another reason I wasn't so concerned about it because Caleb at the well, Caleb in general last year was a really good rebounder. And so um, and not even only just him. Yes, the front court is going to be small. They may have trouble rebounding. But when you think about it, they switch everything anyway. And so the bigger guys would probably be on the perimeter when the shot goes up. And when you think about it, like you mentioned, Tyler, um, Kyle is a great, Kyle's a great rebounder for his position. Tyler, there's not too many guards out rebounding him as well. And so as a unit, they will probably be able to hang with rebounding. Now, I will say you probably don't necessarily want your guards banging too much because they could take a toll on them after a while. Yeah. But, I mean, just overall with the roster, they have a really good rebounding team. And so, yeah, they will be small. But I'm not – that's not make – that's not like live or die for me. I think they'll be fine. Like – they obviously they're competing for a title, you know, and mm -hmm. I think if you say, well, you know, they have a good team, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe they have a, 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 a tough fought second round out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that their ceiling is higher than that for sure. I think they have a lot of variance, Brian. I think that they're a team that could lose in the second round and they're a team that could go to the finals. And I think whether you believe that PJ, cause like whether you feel a certain way or not, like that team, you know, was a that team was good enough to make the finals? That I don't think mm -hmm. I mean, you can't argue that. I, I think they Sorry. maxed out with PJ last season. Like if they brought him back, that wasn't going to be. Oh, yeah. Everybody would have been mad like too. What, Everybody would have been. I feel pissed. like that's what people were hope were basically wanting, but you, it wasn't going to reproduce the same results. They needed to switch something. We don't got to relitigate that offseason because we've we've done enough litigation of yeah. all the events that occurred. But you know they they still have that variance, and if guys like Bam improve in a way that you think if hero improves if jimmy and, it's and those again, two guys it's really dope. i mean jimmy we know what he's gonna bring in the playoffs jimmy gotta save those it two guys, for the 16 games at the end when it counts but those two guys yeah. and same with kyle too if he can be healthy like those three guys is what's gonna make or break the season that's really what it comes down to i i feel like they have enough wing defenders right now, like adding Jamal Kane, and then they'll eventually make him in, uh, give him a standard contract so he can stay on this team, you know, go into the playoffs. But I feel like he's another wing defender that we weren't expecting to have on this roster, and kind of like the same fashion what happened last season with Caleb. Like, mm -hmm. we found somebody else that can. I, I feel like he's a better defender than offensive player, and he's going to become a good offensive player just by the way he just like cuts. Like he's amazing at like just knowing what to mm -hmm. do off the ball, and we need more players like that. We. I feel like this team has enough ball handlers as is. They need more of that um, they need diversity. Yeah, shooters, yeah. you know, rim rim players like Caleb was. Exactly. Really good and, and and what's great, like, he has the athleticism that we need on his team. Like, we lack athleticism, and he adds another element to that team that we don't have much of. The other thing about this team is, so compared to last year, they have a lot easier of a time putting some salary together. Yep. Victor Oladipo, 8.7 million. Mm -hmm. Caleb Martin, 6.5 million. Dwayne Dedman, 4.7 million. Obviously, Duncan Robinson, about 17 million. And then you have the bigger Kyle, Kyle at 28. Uh, I, Jimmy and Bam, I imagine, don't move. I, I imagine Kyle doesn't move either. But, you know, you start talking Duncan plus Dedman, 
you're you know you're at 80% of Draymond's green salary to 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 put it you know to kind of give you a figure. Now I'm not I'm not advocating a trade but something we talked about in the chat. And I was just curious if something like that worked, but you get to big money with Duncan mm-hmm. Robinson plus Deadman, Duncan Robinson plus Oladipo and De- like you now all of a sudden, Brian, you're playing with a full deck of cards at at the trade deadline with picks. They have options. Basically, you have the small salaries to make that move similar to what they did that year where they landed Jay Crowder, uh, Solomon Hill, and Iggy. They have enough pieces to do something similar to that. I think that's probably more likely going to be the kind of move we expect around the trade deadline. Unless there really is like some sort of all-star way whoever disgruntled player might be out around that time. I can't, I can't really foresee who that player would be. But they have, they have the flexibility to make any of those deals work How, what's their pick I will situation? Say that. they have that's the only thing that that is kind of still lingering just depending on what happens with what they can do with okc i don't know what kind of conversations they had how many picks they might they have right something now lined up huh how they many? have so right now they have um they have this year's coming pick 2023 then they have one i believe so the one that they have that's going out in 2025 has has it's conditional, so it could become a pick that that thing still conditional. Yes, <laughs> it was conditional, so it was conditional for this season. And that was going to be conditional for twenty twenty four and then twenty twenty five. Yeah, fucking me out of that. So dude. it could have been like three, four years of drafts that basically we couldn't trade, like a yeah, an yeah, actual yeah. like unprotected pick. So what they did with that KZ trade last season was like, okay, let's push this to twenty twenty five instead of instead of twenty twenty three. So they push it to twenty twenty five. But still a conditional pick for that season. And then next season after that, 2026 is when it becomes unprotected if they don't convey. So it's still hold up by that really one year, but it's technically two. If they can somehow make that an unprotected pick in 2025, then they got three first-round picks that they can easily trade. Now we're talking, baby. And then they have also two second-round picks, but really one, because the other one's like a shitty second-round pick that's never going to convey. Shades like the D Wade pick that got traded. Shade Fiddy in chat is excited at the prospect of Draymond Green and just straight up said, Brian, break down the Warriors cap. <laughs> I don't know why the Warriors would ever do that trade because if they bring in Duncan, they, they're basically gonna they I don't know where they their would salary move cap them. is they, in hell. They, yeah, they're they're yeah. in luxury tax hell as is. They just signed Jordan Poole to a crazy number more than more than what Tyler's making. And for what I understand, that luxury tax payment is just going to be $200 million alone for that season next year. <laughs> just a luxury tax payment. That's not even like their, their roster. So that's going to be like over $400 million, almost half a billion dollars that they're going to pay for one year of basketball. Of Jordan Poole, baby, the pool party. <laughs> so, And if, if they add Duncan, that's going to be like an extra almost $50 million because his contract's going to be like almost twenty that year. They have the repeater tax. That's it, not going to work. The way I think he fans expect. It starts so getting I, awkward in the building too, because then Clay is the third best shooter on the team, and that might be yeah. <laughs> and like let's, let's just let's just like if it's twenty sixteen, Draymond where he's knocking down threes. Hell yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. But no, the now it's I don't even want to. I mean, we've talked enough. Yeah, yeah, we don't have Draymond. Draymond. Bad in the Olympics, it's gonna look bad here. We've done yeah. so many shows on what Draymond would look like on the Heat. <laughs> uh, we don't have to do that again. You can go listen to some some of the it's chamber. Not yeah, I yeah, it's probably not not happening. But only, the only way it happens is they trade Bam, which isn't happening either. So that's that. It's not happening. Absolutely. So what we have is a team that I think is is really good and is is, is going to compete for titles. Um, I saw today, by the way, and I want to talk about what you guys think Bam's season is going to be because ultimately he's going to be the the biggest. 
I think he and Kyle are going to be the biggest ceiling raisers. What kind of seasons mm-hmm. you get out of both those guys? Uh, the other things on the margins, like the, whoever what they do at the four, I think Jimmy's going to be what Jimmy is. I don't really think there's much variance there. But no. you know, I think Bam, and I think I think we kind of expect what we're going to get out of Tyler. I, I expect a little bit of an improvement, but at the end of the day, it's going to be a score and, and a little bit of ball handling. But you know, Bam in particular, I think mm-hmm. his improvements are what's going to set this team apart kind of in, in the turn for a title. I saw today that, you know, he wasn't voted by the coaches as one of the... It would, that was uh, the dumbest shit ever. That was the athletic that put that out. Can you, so they, Brian, they, can you tell what, what happened? They, yeah. So it was like a poll of, I think, 13 to 16 uh, NBA coaches. So it could be assistant coaches most likely. And, like, I guess they just put together a list <laughs> what, of... What, what was put, that? Because <laughs> what fucking head coach would not put Bam as their fucking first team All-NBA preseason? <laughs> like, fuck you, started. Lawrence Frank. <laughs> Let me read the list. So the list is so stupid. Like, the list is guys who are better defenders than Bam. Like, they have Rudy Gobert, Draymond no. Green, Marcus yes, Smart, maybe. No. Giannis. Okay. And then I'm the Arguable. They, they, they can have Giannis. That's fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna die on that hill. But the Marcus thing's funny because, like, how many defensive players? I mean, Rudy's another one. How many defensive players of the years you see get fucking hunted in the playoffs? That was, <laughs> bro. That was the biggest dick move energy by Jimmy Butler. He's like, give me Marcus Smart. Put his ass in the fucking blender. Yeah, uh, I think Kenny man going at his chest, knocking him over, <laughs> him flopping all over the place. And Jimmy's yeah, a like, grifter yeah. too. It's like grifting versus grifting, and and offensive player is always gonna win that grift. And yeah, Marcus finally like a dumbass. Jimmy taking them for a ride. If absolutely embarrassing out of your defensive player there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think at a certain point, people have to just acknowledge Bam's versatility and the fact he's not going to get, like, cooked. Like, uh, well, Jokic might do it, and that's it. Like, people, like, like seek out Marcus Smart. They seek out Rudy Gobert. You know what's fucked up? That doesn't happen with Bam. Bam, because of the way they play defense, because of switch heavy, A, like, unless you have, like, scouting, like, film and software to, like, help you find certain kinds of plays – you go to yeah. NBA.com, you're not gonna find a good Bam defensive play on a switch, right? You look, you can find blocks and you can find mm-hmm. quantifiable stats, and mm-hmm. that's what the, that's what people like. So like the highlight plays and shit like that, and just what you can find, you know, especially yeah. like you know the media controls narratives, a lot of what the media can write about, what's accessible for bloggers and stuff like that. 
and that stuff crafts narratives. And then you have a guy like Bam who, unless it's like, you know, us or Brady or like Wes Goldberg, like one of us dumbasses that really care about this stuff is, or Siobhan is like, look, Bam defended all five positions. And then, you know, they, 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 they took their turnaround jumper. Nobody cares about that. But that's the stuff that wins games. It's not blocks. It, I mean, well, blocks helps, obviously. But like, mm-hmm. but Bam does on a possession to possession basis. The counting stats people care about. Yeah. And it's like yeah, and- he deters sides of the floor. It's crazy. And but this is this and I've been saying this for a couple of years now. I feel like if it's your job as a national person to watch basketball, and you know, like in the past twenty six years, that he'd have missed the playoffs what five times. Like you know, at some point you're gonna have to talk about them. Like just watch them, just watch a few games and like see what's see what's happening. They never do, like, bro. It's, 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 it's so obvious. It's so not difficult. It's not a difficult job. Like, Are they like boring to people? I don't get it. I think but it's because like, they're not on TV nationally enough. That's but the I, reason. But even still, like, if it's your job to cover the NBA, you should be paying attention to more teams. So I, I know, like, this is what Zach Lowe does as a media person because he's told on his podcast, like, what he does usually. He watches three NBA games usually every day. And then, and then usually more, like, on rewatch the day after. But at least live, he tries to watch at least three games. And that's great. So obviously he watches like the East Coast, the West Coast, and he picks like one more um, like game in between. So I think that's what most media people should do. And they probably don't. They probably just watch their team that they grew up watching and then the team that they cover. And that's usually it. So like the teams that, that end up watching the Heat or end up voting for the Heat are going to be most of the guys that, you know, live in Miami. And we don't have mm-hmm. enough, enough um, people in the voting scene unlike the people that live in yeah, Los we, Angeles or Boston, like they have most of the media uh, voters. Yeah, we, we don't even have a guy that's athletic. Where they're based. That's where they're based mostly nationally and New York as well. I think that's the big reason. Like we don't have enough people in Miami that are voters. And I mean, if you think about it, like I feel like there's only like, maybe a handful that are just covering newspapers in Florida. Like, we got Ira, like, we got Barry, and we got... I don't even think Ira has a vote. I think it's just, I think it's Tim Reynolds. If it was up to Jimmy, it looks like... <laughs> and maybe maybe like Greg Cody or some something like that. I don't think Greg Cody has a vote for the I think he's the one that gets the vote for the Miami Herald. If not him, then Barry. I think it's Barry. Because they they have the most I can I can uh I can I can double check, but uh, I think it's Barry for sure. I know it's Tim Reynolds for sure. No, yeah, Reynolds, maybe, Reynolds. maybe Anthony. Maybe Anthony might I, have I one. I think it's I think it's Anthony. I'll I'll pull up the um That'd be cool if you I'll did. I'll pull up the voter ballot. Why I pulled that up, I forgot to, to list the last uh, name on this. Uh, 16 anonymous NBA coaches voted uh, in the athletic poll. Anthony Chang so has this, a vote. This is their preseason all-defensive first team. It was Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday was the name I was missing, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Draymond Green, and Rudy Gobert. I'm fine with Draymond. I'm fine with man. Drew. I'm fine with Draymond. I'm fine with Drew, and I'm fine with Giannis. The other ones, no. Uh, Anthony Chang is the Miami Herald vote. Okay, there Barry, we go. Barry Jackson and Ira do not have a vote. Why don't we have a vote? I don't know, but but let, let me tell you something. Heat life for Anthony Chang, the puppet himself, for Defensive Player of the Year, <laughs> voted for Bam first, Rudy Gobert second. We need to have him on to talk about that. How are you voting Rudy second? And then, for some reason, Jaron Jackson Jr. Third. Well, actually, voting Rudy Gobert second actually probably helped Bam in a bit because, like, mm-hmm. where did you vote Marcus Smart? He did not vote. Right. He wrote it. There uh, we go. That helped, man. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like um, if it's your job to cover the NBA, you so you watch the NBA. It's not a difficult job to do. No. 
yeah so uh, congrats to anthony chang for uh for us learning <laughs> that he has uh he has a vote that's uh that's that's fun um see like fucking david aldridge didn't even vote bam top three voted jaron jackson and mikhail bridges so did sam amick fuck? yeah so did sam amick kevin arnold i'm disappointed in you kevin arnovitz rudy gobert Giannis, and, and mikhail come on man come on bond temps bridges you motherfuckers Mikael Bridges is a really good defender, but like, come on, he's. I'm just getting mad. Give Bam some respect. Give Bam some respect. See, our guy Dan Devine from the Ringer did vote Bam. That guy's a lifer. That guy was that one of the great. only people writing about the Heat all season. That's the other thing. Like a lot of these people that that are national don't even like write anything about the Heat to, to begin yeah. with. So like, they're they're not even going out of their way to like just watch a game just to write a story that. That's usually like fluff pieces. What these people usually write too. We need to get Nikai's mm-hmm. vote. So yeah, that, needs a lot of things. What was the last honestly. hit piece that's been done about the Heat that you can remember? Whatever the whatever the basement's doing. That's the thing. Like Come I feel on, like it's, oh, it's easy. It, I'm sorry. Come on, doesn't man. have enough stuff going on. It's hard to hit people care about guys. the Heat. He but PR's, no cares he about the smart. Heat. They give like Ro, Ro, Rohan with Sports Illustrated calls wants Riley gets Riley. Like they're good. They've they've really you know I talked about this with somebody. They figured out a lot of things post post Dwayne leaving. I think and I've talked about this a bunch on this show, but like one of the things that they figured out was they cannot be Riley cannot be like his hard ass self. At least with mm-hmm. the players. With other executives, you know, he's still he's still Riley. But I, I, I think for the most part, they understand that it's a players league and he's a fucking old white guy. And <laughs> I think he knows that he has to play ball with the players. He didn't fuck with Bam. And they could have taken Brian. You know that they could have made him wait for the extension because it was way more convenient. Same with Hero, because you know Hero, the Hero didn't really matter anymore because they're already over the cap. But yeah, the Bam stuff could definitely. I don't know what if they waited the tradeability of his deal as well. You know, because he it would have just helped Miami open up like an extra twelve million cap space that season. It's not insignificant as well. Like no, mm-hmm. the, what? And I mean, in the long run, maybe. I mean, if they did, but they, they learned, didn't, right? They would have. They didn't get the player they. I mean, they got the player they wanted still that season, Lowry. And besides Giannis, that they were after, like, it gave what they had to give up, Precious, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, you made your player happy, and he's your he's your franchise cornerstone yeah. for the next five, ten seasons. But like, they wouldn't have done that five years ago. No, right? They wouldn't have, and I think that was learning from their mistakes with Dwayne. They didn't have the people there to like really care about to give extensions like that. I mean, they gave extensions to Jay Rich and Justice, but they were max extensions. And those are those are very team friendly extensions. Yeah, and then they traded them pretty soon after their extensions. So yeah. So you know, I I, they just they really learned, and I I don't think that's talked about enough. And they're really good with the media. I think Riley in particular has made himself. Riley used to just do the one presser a year and then go on Dan's show. And that was it. Riley's just more available. I, I, every time somebody writes a piece on the Heat, you know, whether it's it's Low or whether it's Rohan or whoever, you know, if they, from what I understand, I mean, I, I think uh, Tim Donovan won uh, PR Person of the Year, partly because they just fucking made these dudes available, right? And I think they're realizing how to play the game. And I don't think that's insignificant. So you talk about hit pieces. Nobody's going to write a hit piece. They're, you know, why are you biting the I head? Think we'll have- Don Hollinger is going to write a heat, hit piece. Yeah. I think oh, we'll help this season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is true. No matter oh, what, he's gonna write a hit. He's yeah. gonna write a hit. Piece. That Woj used to write the hit pieces. Without, this whole you know. Kevin was it? Kevin Love six man a year. Over, over, 
Tyler. So um, I think what will help this season actually is um, just opening up the locker room again. They yeah. are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. You know, that should help out a lot. They are. They're not ready for a troppy baby in the locker room again. <laughs> they bad to get mad at him. Uh, man, I, I used to. When can we get you in the locker room and talk to Kyle? When can I, we get that I need, So I, I man, I, well, like, so I, you know, I'm shy. You never talked to him. You were there I've at the Raptors t- game, I remember. You didn't talk to him, right? Yeah, I did talk to him. But you did talk to Kyle? Yeah, I don't remember what I asked him. I was writing a story for Ethan uh, at oh. the time. I did. Uh, I did some sort of preview. I didn't think you did. I did some sort of preview for Heat Raptors, and I talked to the one I talked to the most was fucking Mark Gasol. Uh, Marcus Hall and I talked for a while. He seems like an interesting dude, though. I'm gonna be honest. Mark, Mark's a nice guy. Kyle was yeah. very, uh, Kyle is very standoffish with the media. I don't blame him. Uh, it is funny when Tim Reynolds like fake laughs and like, you know, What's, you gotta break the ice. Yeah, so yeah, what, yeah would you... Tim Reynolds is a pro at this. Uh, I'm, I'm no, I'm no Tim. I just very meekly ask Kyle a question. What's his, what, what's one of his favorite things? I mean, you know everything about him. Kyle, what's, what's something you and him like together besides um, basketball? I mean, clearly, we both like to eat. That's uh. Okay. I love guys. Um, but no, I mean, having locker room, I, I remember, uh, you know, I was shy, but at least Jay Rich was my buddy. He was Jay Rich was like my pal. And I, I, when I was shy in the locker room, I would, I would just go to Jay Rich and it was nice. It was very comforting. Josh was, Josh would talk to me about super smash and, and, and we'd talk about music and it was nice. It was, uh, Ryan Anderson mine was, too. Mine was actually bam bam before he, before he became an elsewhere. Yeah. I would try to write about and, and Myers Len- and Myers Leonard too, but Canceled. whatever. That was before. Redacted. That was before he got canceled. <laughs> Hassan was awful in the locker room, dude. Unless you, he is. You have to like make it clear that you're writing a fluff piece on him. Like, hey, Hassan, I want to talk about how good yeah, your no, that's is. exactly what he, he'll answer questions for. Man, he doesn't care about. Up. He doesn't want to answer any questions in terms of like the rest of the team. It has to be about him. He doesn't care about answering questions about his teammates. Yeah. Like that's why I basically went and asking him for. I was like. Just talk to talk to me about like Josh Richardson, your relationship with him. Didn't care anything iota, like zero about what like his relationship was with. Which Josh. is funny because that group was tight. Like like they Pam, looked like they were. Josh, Justice, Gogi, Gogi loved those dudes. Yeah, he loves everybody though, and everybody loves him. Yo, Kale was awful after losses, dude. Fucking Olenek was. Yeah, I don't Kale blame him. Did not. I, I mean, I don't blame anybody after loss, but bro, like I remember the couple games I covered, they had lost. I, they had won a few, but they had lost a few. And every time they had lost, I wanted to talk to Kelly. There was like a bad losing streak of me going to games and covering them. And I'd be like, fuck. And then Kelly, Kelly's just not in a, just not bad. I love KO. I would take him. It Perfect was really hard to, to interview anybody after that game. It was the first game of the season against the Magic where Jay Rich stepped out of bounds. I remember our watch party. Uh, Alf was so mad because Alf wanted to trade Josh Richardson for Jimmy Butler so bad. And Jay Rich steps out of bounds. And he goes, Alf just, he gets, we're poolside at Duffy's. And Alf just gets up holding a, a crown and ginger and looks at everybody in the crowd and goes, better than Jimmy Butler, huh? And sits down. <laughs> He's really angry. You were um, so stupid back then. I actually didn't want to trade him, too, at the time. Yeah, me either. Right, yeah, I regret We have some bad takes. we got to revision. Chase Fitty says, uh, G going to stare at Kyle the way that Kenny stares at Captain Crunch. Yeah, man. Is Captain Crunch your go-to cereal? No. I actually don't even eat cereal like that. I just really want to cap the crunch for some reason. Yeah, it's a very random just craving. Cravings. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was just saying, I mean, you gotta go cinnamon toast crunch. You know. I had a Doritos cravings last week. I don't know why. I just did. I don't even eat chips. Nah, but, but the thing about cinnamon toast crunch, see, uh, I think I feel like once you cross over into thirty, a certain stuff you just don't eat anymore. Cinnamon toast crunch is a lot of sugar. Yeah. So I have it sometimes, but I, I, I try to avoid. I can't tell you look at the nutritional values of fucking cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> How many grams is too much grams of sugar, Kenny? Five? 
Oh, I, I, over I don't, and, I over and under five, five grams of sugar. Is that too much? I have no idea what it even means. I just know, like, when you eat Captain Crunch, like, it's just everywhere. Even when you, I don't know, it's just a lot of sugar happening. Cartiliana asked, uh, any watch parties? You know, we are, we are gonna have watch parties. Um, they are going to be bigger, uh, you know, probably partnered with Five Reasons. As if anybody is not known, uh, we are we have a partnership with Five Reasons this season. We're going to be appearing, we're going to have a lot of cross promotion on each other's shows. Kenny's going on Five Reasons post game show on Saturday. Tiff is going on on Friday. We have a special Five Reasons guest host for hangover time uh on on wednesday so we're gonna have a lot of fun with that kind of you know before we close out the show because i want to talk about jovich uh more seriously and then and then we're, we're gonna get out of here reminder to everybody hangover time the post game show it's gonna be on once a week now alpha has a baby it's hard to, you know hangover time's loud it's like that's the alpha and alpha's beautiful wife uh the baby looks beautiful and wonderful and healthy and great but, you know, for, for a little bit, for, for, you know, for this season at least, you know, we're going to be doing one hot a week. Don't worry. We're still going to be doing game day coverage. We got, you know, we have a new, pre, we have a new pregame show, pregaming with Kenny and Frankie. That's going to be, that's going to debuting, you know, with all its fun imaging and everything on Wednesday. You've seen them a little bit. And I'm going to be doing a postgame show on non-hangover time days. Not this week. Uh, getting settled to have visitors coming into town. Unfortunate timing with the NBA season. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll be on on Wednesday and, and, and we'll get you coverage and stuff. But just the first week, you know, we're just going to do one hot and, and we're going to do our normal pods. But, you know, pretty much going forward, we're going to have one hot a week. We're going to make announcements you know, well in advance. And so you guys can know and, and kind of be aware of everything that's happening. And then we're going to do gonna our be bigger and better. Yeah, they're going to be, we, sure. you know, we envision the tonight show. You know, and that's what we're aiming for. We're going to be the fucking tonight show of sports coverage on twitch.tv slash myahippie. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, people are asking if you kicked Weird Off to the curb. Weird Off kicked us to the curb. Yeah. We, yeah we, we, uh, we, uh, Jack goes to the beat of his own drum. Uh, we love Jack. Uh, shout out. Good luck to Jack. Got busy with a lot of work and stuff. So And, and the time zone change. Living, uh, living, not, living more on the west side of the country. Made it difficult to kind of get out of work and host shows properly. And it was very difficult to prepare. Uh, so everything that Jack gave, you don't understand how difficult it was for him to, you know, kind of do a pregame show for sometimes games that were starting pretty much during his work hours. So guys, you know, he was Herculean job by Jack, but Kenny and Frankie are going to take over. And, uh, I think they're going to do, uh, a, a great job, uh, better than I for sure can do. So that's kind of what's going on. Uh, somebody, somebody said uh, tonight show's on every night, though, right? Yeah, but we don't have a fucking tonight show budget. <laughs> Who do you think we are? I don't have Jimmy Fallon money. I don't have Conan O'Brien money. We got whatever Blue Wire gives us. That's what we got. You know what I mean? Shout out to uh, Adam Brian. What's the sponsor? Is it Prize Picks? I don't even know. I, I think we're Prize Picks. I don't know. I, I, Shout out to them, though. I do ad reads, and I don't even know what I'm reading. But yeah. <laughs> so we'll do our normal post game. We'll pregame every day. Uh, we'll have a post game for you every day, just not this week, and then hot once a week, and they'll be bigger and better than ever. Uh, we're going to be doing so much cool shit. Brass has really cool stuff on the horizon. We're going to roll them out slowly as part of our 10-year celebration. So all that good new stuff. New segments. So, a lot of new segments oh, coming new out this segments, season. So much, so much good stuff. So, boys, Jovich, the killer. Uh, I don't know I don't know what we got to do with the Tres Leches nickname. I don't know if we got to <laughs> kick a leche out. 
we can't really do cuatro leche because cuatro the fourth leche is like a dulce de leche, which is a more caramel. <laughs> so I don't I don't think we could do that with Jovic. So I, I we gotta we gotta think of a new name. But Kenny, I, I'll start with you as we get out. What has impressed you the most of Jovic, and how do you see kind of his impact in the long in the eighty two long term, and for the sixteen mm-hmm. in the postseason? And so I will start with, so in summer league, I understand he wasn't getting the ball like that, but even still, as far as rebound stuff, he did look a little nervous and timid. He wasn't really getting after it. Um, but I figured once Spo got a, got a hold on him, that would start to improve. But like I said earlier, just, wow, I did not know it would be that soon. He just looks like he's been in the league forever. He feels like he nobody can guard him. He's just defensively, he's never in the wrong spot, really. They drop on most of his actions, but I think that's fine. I think that's great to um, provide a different look instead of switching everything like usual. Man, and the way he looks with those starters, I'm not making that prediction just yet, but I will say Spoh on him in that lineup says something that he at least wants to see how it looks, and he yeah. looked great. Bam hasn't had the type of space he's going to have this season, I don't think really ever, because as good as Redacted was at shooting, he didn't fucking shoot. <laughs> and so... Man, that's um, – I cannot wait to see more of Jovic. Um, and I think it's going to be great for him to have the option to go big. Like I said, awesome, I don't care about size, but – and I think he's going to provide that. So, man, I can't I can't wait. Brian? Honestly, I think uh, from what I was hearing from those post-game pressers that uh, Alex asked – by the way, shout out to Alex Toledo. Choppy baby. Um it seemed like Jimmy and, and Bam are super excited for the potential of Jovic. They obviously are hyping him up um, with those few minutes that he did play in the starting lineup that last preseason game of the season, and it yeah. looked good out there. I can envision that probably happening a bit more in the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll have a Sioux Falls stint or not. I feel like he probably should stay in the main roster, at least to start mm-hmm. the season. Maybe if he has a slump or two, like shooting wise, and maybe we'll slow him down just to work on you know getting his confidence back up. But at least to start the season, like I have pretty high expectations in terms of like him rounding out that back end of the rotation and on the bench. Um, probably like 10, 15 minutes to start off the season is probably really, you know, a good sweet spot of where I think he could uh, start off this season. And listen, by the end of the year, I could potentially see where a case where he could become the starter if they don't make that trade for mm-hmm. a true four. I, I mean, I like Caleb. Um, Caleb's basically made it well known that he doesn't care about being the starter. He just wants to make sure that he gets mm-hmm. the minutes and, and close games. Like that's what he cares about. He really cares more about the closing minutes than the starting minutes. Mm-hmm. So I could see, I could see a very realistic possibility where Jovic starts. Maybe he doesn't finish games, but he can be like a 30 minute pregame player. And then you still have Caleb play average around 20 and, and that, it's close enough. I think I think Jovic has to answer a couple questions. Defensively, you know, when when they do give, I don't really think he'll be ready to switch, especially his rookie year. But yeah, they, no. you know, they did drop him a ton, as Kenny said in preseason. So the look when they have drop, you know, how how low does he have to drop? Yeah. And how does Bam play behind that drop? And I think those are two important questions. I think we know Jimmy wants to be at the nail, kind of helping out there. That that's his area. Uh, Bam, we haven't seen Bam a lot of times. Is not the drop man. I think we saw it a bit with Yurt. It didn't look great for other reasons. <laughs> really Bam as a helper. Bam as a helper looked kind of weird sometimes. 
it's not I, I don't think it's as natural as people think right. um I think he's obviously can be great at it I mean he is a good helper it's just more of a rotation help not as a back but Jovich looked really good as a helper though yeah because Jovich has the size yeah. but obviously like if you're a good team you can manipulate the matchup and put Jovich in the action not as a mm-hmm. help man but that's a more natural fit is what I'm getting at for sure and like Miami obviously in like playoffs like you know the Heat do like pre-switching so like they'll switch mm-hmm. off something so that they teams can't get the right screen that they want. I think Miami was really really good at that last year to kind of like pre-switch an action so that you know the guy who's supposed to screen in a play now all of a sudden has the wrong defender on him and you know it kind of eats at the shot clock a little bit. So Spo's mm-hmm. really good at that. Jovic has to Jovic has to answer the question on how bad how do they look with the drop how how far up can he come to the level of the screen and how does Bam look behind that? You know the other question is going to be. How good can he shoot? You know, the, the 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 shooting more than anything, I think, is meaningful to them. They're a team that already hemorrhages space. Whether that be as a spot-up guy in the corner, whether that be as a handoff man with Duncan, because now if he's a legit shooter, you can't throw two at Duncan because if Duncan flies off a handoff or Max or Tyler, if you double off that and he holds the ball, well, now all of a sudden, now you have a shooter with the ball that's open. It creates a lot of different elements that I think you saw with Olenek, except he looks to be a little bit more trigger-happy than KO. Um, so that that's going to be a fun kind of thing to look at. So those, those are really going to be the things that I, I want to see out of him. I don't know if he should start yet. I think mm-hmm. Caleb fits well, and I think Caleb really makes them play the way that they want to play, even if they're a little small. And I think Jovic, and, with the, with the, the, especially with Tyler being a starter now, you know, I, yeah. I think you can backload different kinds of defenders with the bench unit as opposed to you had to be more careful before because now you couldn't have, like, two targets on defense. Yeah, and I, I was um, I was going to say two. I'm glad you brought Tyler up. Um, a lot of Jovic is going to depend on – because like, like we both said, they're probably going to drop him a lot more than they switch. We don't think he's ready to switch just yet. And Tyler has looked amazing on defense in the preseason. I will give him credit for that. If nobody else does, I will. But – a lot of it's going to also depend on Tyler's screen navigation. Um, how quick he's like, if Jovic is uncomfortable in, in a drop, um, can Tyler go ahead and like shorten that time, that few seconds for him? And so that's going to also factor into it. On defense, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think Tyler's like, Brian, you're nodding. I think Tyler's mostly fine as a help guy and positionally. I think mm-hmm. where he struggles is when he's on, on ball. ball. Yeah. Which it's not a Kendrick Nunn problem, it's more of a like you know they they too small Ernie, and yeah. he's just not strong and he's little, like Kemba, like when Kemba got cooked, was it because Kemba's not out here trying? <laughs> yeah, but Kemba's like five eleven. At least Tyler yeah. has some size. It's just his yeah, his but the arms. Not, you know, and again, I don't want to point out. I don't want to again. Tyler is stronger now. Alf, he is Alf. stronger. He has looked better. He has stood his ground a lot more. And so we'll 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 see. Alf said his ba- his newborn baby has longer arms than Tyler Hero. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that's, wait, wait, wait. That's big if true. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian, did you have it? I should have ended the show there, but I wanted to give you time to give closing uh, thoughts on Jovic. Uh, closing thoughts on Jovic. I think um, my expectation is I feel like he'll be first team all rookie this season. Wow. I, and if he I doesn't don't... become that, it's because he just – wasn't ready to, you know, give you steady minutes um, at the four. But I, I think I think he's going to be a rare rookie that actually gets minutes on this team. I want to also... Spo 
Spo realizes that he probably has a lot more because because he played overseas professionally. Like this guy yeah. has more experience than a typical NBA rookie. I'm gonna ask, European guys are just different. I'm gonna ask you, and then I'm gonna ask Kenny the same thing. I want because when you give the the all first team prediction, I want. Do you think Spo's gonna win Coach of the Year? Do you think Bam's gonna win Defensive Player of the Year? And I want you to give me a range for the Heat seating. What do you think, Kenny? I'm gonna ask you that once once Brian got it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. I was thinking about this actually the other day because I don't expect them to finish first. If they did, absolutely, Spo is coach of the year. There is no like if and or buts. Like it has to go to him. I still think Spo can get coach of the year if they finish as a top three seed, and I think they will finish with a home court seed. I don't think it'll be fourth. I think depending on how Boston looks, because I have no idea what they're going to look like with their new coach, and I haven't watched much of their preseason, especially without Robert Williams on the lineup. But I expect them to take a step down. I expect Milwaukee to probably take a step up, although Middleton's going to be out for his first, what, first week or two to start the season? And then who else is out there? Sixers, you know. Sixers. Yeah. Toronto. Somebody's also going to pop. Somebody always pops and somebody always. I, Cleveland could be that team that pops is what I'm thinking. I saw um, I saw some people having Cleveland as the one seed. I was like, on oh, what planet? I don't expect them no. to have one seed, but would I be surprised? No. Uh, I just don't think that they – I don't think they're going to be ready to, to win that many games their first year. I mean, they're still re- really young. That team is really young. Brooklyn, yeah. Brooklyn too, you know, they're they're going to be in the mix. I mean, we, I don't I, think Brooklyn I talked about it. Um, I, I, I was on um, uh, Dan's pod, the Heat UK. And we were like, yeah, Brooklyn can run away with the one seed and they can also be a six seed and neither would surprise me. <laughs> uh, they're kind of weird that way. I think my prediction probably for the Heat, I think they could finish number three. Okay. I think maybe high would be two. If they finish one, that, that's above my expectation. I don't expect them to finish one, but I think number two or number three, mo- most realistically probably three, which I'm is at, fine for I'm me. I'm at three like or four, I, but so I, I don't disagree. I think three is would be awesome. I, that's a pretty good sweet spot still to like not have to worry about the playing games. Cause I think that messed up with our, like that whole like waiting to see who their first round opponent was. Like I hated that. That's I, just I don't want to go through that again. It does suck. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it didn't matter because like they made the Hawks they embarrassed Atlanta, yeah. but you know. Um, and then I mean, really, like the home court seating it didn't really help with the Eastern Conference Finals like the way I thought it would. So. All right, Kenny. Uh, oh, Brian. So Spo. Spo, I think he would be coach of the year. If and not Bam. him, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna go to JB Bickerstaff if it's not him. And Bam, he better win defensive player of the year. I think, I think it has to go to somebody else this season. It, Gobert already had his time. Draymond's had his. I don't think he's gonna finish the season healthy anyway. And who else? Marcus Smart already got his. Like, there's a next guy in line. It has to be Bam. And if Miami finishes the top three, season process again, of like, elimination. Oh, I like. He that. just has to play. Well, he has to be healthy this season. Chad had a really good one. Estee Lauder is like hero all star question mark. I I think that's a good question. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't think he gets it. Does Miami get three all stars? Because no you're, you're basically assuming that Miami would have Jimmy, Bam, and then J- and Tyler. Is that is that? Uh, would I go? wouldn't. I wouldn't count out. I would. I say, unless I they're the one seed, I, I would. I, I would. The thing is so that they have like, there's, too many, there's now too many good guards in this this East now you with Donovan Mitchell here. It's gonna be yeah Mitchell Harden Kyrie. I mean Kyrie's gonna Kyrie's gonna help. be back in the mix. Ben Simmons yeah. is gonna be in that mix whether or not however you feel about him. Probably not. Unfortunately, I think it, I think it, I think the East is tough. How, yeah, how many points would we have to average to even like really be considered? Twenty five. 
Yeah, right. Maybe as a sub, like an all-star sub, I could see that happen. Well, like, I don't think Van Vliet's going to make another one, but he'll be in the mix. You know what I mean? Um, whatever Scotty Barnes becomes, that's going to be kind of... I don't think Darius Garland's going to make another one. That's my hot take. Uh, yeah, because they have Mitchell now, so... <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of swapping out, but a lot, a lot of these. All right, Kenny, close us out here. Yeah. Where do you have them? Your thoughts on Spoke Coach of the Year? Your thoughts on Bam Depoy? And I'll add that last question also. That is a good question. So, Bam Depoy, I feel like it's gonna be like every year where he absolutely deserves it, but I just don't trust the voters at this point. It's gonna kill me, bro. I can't, I can't keep getting just, away I, with it. I, I just don't trust the voters to look that closely at the game and like really see what he's doing and appreciate it. We gotta um, have more, we gotta have more voters it. on. We gotta get Nikias yeah. a fucking Gee, vote. This is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. You have that list, right? We gotta get Brady Hawk a vote. We gotta give Nikias a vote. We gotta get Gee. one of us a vote. This is our goal. This is our goal for this season. We're gonna help Bam get defensive player of the year by having every single player that was on that list that you have pulled up that has a vote. We're gonna try to have them on a show. And we're gonna campaign for him by having them on their show, Let's put showing them. That's yeah. a great idea. Highlights. That's a great. We'll, we'll we'll flip voters. We're gonna do. We're gonna. Man, that's 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 a uh, boots to the ground. Boots on the fucking ground. Use our influence for good. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel yeah, like he'll. It's absolutely. not like we don't do charities and, and different things like that. This but. is more important. <laughs> yeah. Raising ten thousand dollars for an LGBTQ organization. Yeah, that's fine. Getting Bam Defensive Players of the Year. <laughs> Baskets for babies, infants. Why not both? Whatever. Getting a an NBA player an award. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like he'll absolutely deserve it, but I don't know if I trust the voters. Spoke coach of the year. Again, it's up to the voters at this point. Um maybe. Cause I feel like a lot of people may feel like they may finally feel like they owe him one. And that's how um Mighty Williams won last year. And they, they were also they were before. also the runaway one seed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they deserved it. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, where did he can finish? I don't think they're going to finish lower than two. And really? I'll explain why. Whoa, let's go. I'll, Kenny has a fucking I'll, I'll, right. I'll explain why. Brooklyn has the talent. Great. They're a shit show. And teams with that much going on, they don't just recover and win a whole bunch, no matter how talented they are. Cleveland... Their guard defenders, I, just, I understand Evan Moby's elite defender. Jared Allen's an elite rim protector. They have a very weird small forward position thing. Isaac Coral is a good defender. He is also 6'5". I don't know, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, Larry Nance away. Yeah, and they are very, very young, like Brian says. I don't know if they're going to finish above the Heat. The Bucks are who I would predict maybe one, if not the Heat. And then Boston, so much of their success last year was Emil Doka, and I feel like a lot of people kind of overlooked that. Whoa. As far as, far as they, that team, they started you know, off really bad. They last started off started like, really started bad until they uh, until they brought until they bought into him. Um, he did a lot of making sure they played together and not the your turn my turn stuff. And so I do think their step back is going to be a lot more than what people are anticipating. And so I think just off process elimination alone. And with the, I think as far as people didn't want the Heat to run Philly it back. Philly can eat on, on, shit, Kenny. Just say it. Yeah, that's another thing. I I don't trust Doc Rivers to use PJ correctly. I don't trust any of those people. I don't trust Embiid. I don't trust James Harden. Still looks fat as fuck. Can we put that out there? <laughs> <laughs> if we were, if we were yeah, the so, old podcast we used to be, that would have been the episode. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just, I just don't. Just looking around the East, I don't think there's many teams that are going to be better than the Heat. Kenny, the only team that scares the me is the Bucks. Kenny went to Coconut Grove 
and fucking lit all those <laughs> all those fucking boats on fire. Every marina in Miami is on fucking fire right now. Even though you're yeah, I, I just I just I just don't trust the other teams in the East really. I think I that's what I was saying. So that's what I was saying. So people did have the questions about running it back, quote unquote. But I feel like continuity and the importance of it gets lost. And so this team is very used to each other. Um, they. Again, I love PJ, but there was some stuff he held them back with also, especially with the offense. We saw a horrible the offense looked a lot last season. I don't anticipate that being the case this year. And so, I mean, to see that worst. Uh, That's my prediction. He says, how about the Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wednesday for pre-gaming, for hangover time, and the official start. We're our 10th season covering the heat. We love you guys. We have so much more to come.